everybody. Emilio Perez. I've been listening to this song for what, 20 years. Love this song. I really do. Uh, hello. I hope you're all feeling well, doing well. It's Friday night, and we're wrapping up another big week. Great guests, great topics. I feel like it's always a Friday, just like I feel like it's always a Monday, a Tuesday, Wednesday, a Thursday, too. It's all days at once. But welcome to the Friday edition of Quite Frankly. And uh, we're going to do our thing and continue to walk the walk by talking the talk. Tonight, Matt will be in the studio. He's just uh, getting himself settled in. He just walked through the door. I'll, uh, I'll bring him in just a minute. We're going to do our grab bag. We're going to get into a couple other things tonight. We have a story about a faked death to try to teach family who doesn't appreciate you a lesson. We also have some Babylon B to do. In the second half of the show, I wanted to revisit some of the AI white pill thoughts that we had published on the blog a few months ago in the World War Truth article that uh, John Carroll published. Uh, because it, uh, it all goes back around to what AI will do with information that doesn't check out. Information. What is, what is it going to do when it starts learning about how the world really is and it's not going to be able to follow along to any uh, follow along with any kind of crazy religious zealotry that has uh, that has really taken hold of the political sphere. We got that in the second half. So much more in between. I'm gonna open up some calls, open up lines for calls for anything that's unfinished business from the week. You know the topics. Many of you were trying to get in over the last few nights, and and uh, though we took a good amount of calls, we couldn't take all the calls we wanted. So maybe you've written down your notes and you're ready to go with us. That'll be good. All right, so thank you to my sponsors. Blue Monster Prep. They're out there moving and shaking, and people are getting ready with them for whatever the hell may come their way. Because depending on where you live in this country, you've got something else that you're dealing with. I feel I feel everybody's everybody's uh, need to prep is different based on where you're living. So go and check out Blue Monster Prep over the weekend and talk to Pat and Gina if you need any any kind of help prioritizing or just learning things. Hey, what is this piece of equipment on your website? How can that uh, help me? How can I use it in a pressure situation? And maybe I might add it to the list. You got a birthday coming up. You got an anniversary. You have the holidays in the, in the in the fourth quarter. Give people the gift of preparation. All right. That all out of the way. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Matt. How you feeling, man? Hello, Francis. You hello. Oh, you know, speaking of hello, Francis. I got this. Um, I got a, a card. I get I get cards in the mail a lot, and this and I especially get cards. From this guy, Robert. Robert McGo. McGoo. McGo. And um, he's, got, he's got the best. He's got the best cards. He sent me a Father's Day card with this holographic Star Wars comic book oh, nice. cover. 
anyway, he's very generous. Uh, he's very kind. And he said this after Happy Father's Day. He said, Lord Frank, one last addendum to the Franklies versus the Franciscan controversy. I think that Franklies should address you as Lord Frank or just Frank, while the Franciscans should address you as Lord Francis or Francis. There's only one Lord for the Franciscans, and that's thy God is Lord. That's right. Oh, that's the other thing. I, I already told uh, Abe and Cody because we have to revamp the, the merch completely. I said, you know, we need to be responsive immediately when things on the show happen like last week or the week before. I said, we need a God is Lord shirt. We need one of those shirts immediately. So, yes. That way the audience could identify which camp a person belongs to by the manner in which they uh, dress you. Keep up the great work. Your show's the best. Happy Father's Day. So he's a uh, little funny thing there. So vernacular is being proposed. But yeah, I, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Robert. And yes, God is Lord. All right, um, Matt, I've got some stories here. I'm going to run out, run up the flagpole and see what, what happens here. The first one is from Microsoft. WP, the Washington Post, has been picked up by MSN. And here it is. Meteorologist resigns, citing PSD, a PS, uh, PTSD from getting threats over climate change coverage. All right, you're going to like this one. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. When Iowa meteorologist Chris Gloninger got an email notification last June, it read, getting sick and tired of your liberal conspiracy on the weather. And did you write him this email? <laughs> no. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I only write the politicians. What's your address? Another, uh, another email asked Glollinger in the days later. We conservative Iowans would like to give you an Iowan welcome. You will never forget. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sure that a conservative wrote that. I don't, I don't know about this. That's just ridiculous. The emails arrived relentlessly in Gloninger's inbox for another month. The Iowa Capitol Dispatch reported the sender accused the award-winning meteorologist who spoke frequently about the effects of climate change of being a conspiracy theorist and a worthless Biden puppet. Another told Gloninger, Gloninger to go east and drown from the ice cap melting. Gloninger, the chief meteorologist at Des Moines news station KCCI, shared some of the messages on social media in July. What, in July? When the hell was this? This is uh, yesterday. I saw this just recently. What, last July? Uh, shared it in July, he announced Wednesday, citing family health issues and post-traumatic stress he suffered from after receiving the threats. Now, I listen, um, getting weird stuff in your inbox, that will ruin, that will ruin you for a little while it'll mess you up but this is ridiculous <clears throat> this is ridiculous i always love to know who actually wrote the emails oh i i don't know are you sure yeah i'm not gonna write meteorology from iowa i only bring this up because you were in the room and you know you, your no, history of writing wrote notes that one who did i write what was he a senator no wasn't he a local know? local politician no he was is something with the Georgia or one of those states. Oh. Anyway, you have a history of emails and notes, so I just wanted to the see e if it was you. The emails, yeah, the notes, <clears throat> they're from the SS. 
Uh, here is the Daily Wire. Nation's first elected transgender state representative arrested on child porn charges. Uh, this is not a surprise at all. When we first saw this guy pop up, I knew I knew exactly who it was when they said first elected transgender state rep. I knew exactly who it was because I remember how it was, it was such a historic day that New Hampshire was sending a uh, transvestite to their their state government. Good for them. Yeah, we should send more to read in schools. Yeah. Uh, former New Hampshire state representative and the nation's first transgender identifying state lawmaker was arrested by police this week and charged for allegedly distributing child pornography. Stacy Marie. Stacy Marie Lawton. That, <laughs> that's Stacy Marie. Okay. A Democrat who previously resigned twice from the New Hampshire State House is now facing four counts of distributing sexually explicit images of children. Lawton was born Barry Charles Lawton Jr. Damn, Barry. Barry. Barry Wary. Lance. What the fuck did I just hear, Lance? Um, it hasn't been a good Pride Month. No, it hasn't been a good Pride Month at all. Keeps getting worse. In fact, this one, I, I, was, I didn't have any time to do this last night or the night before, but this is a pretty horrifying story. The mo- this is uh, re- picked up on by David Kroom on on Twitter, but it's been published on a few other smaller publications. The most underreported story in Boston, especially right now, is the fact that over the weekend, last weekend, the first res- first responders were called to a public housing complex in South Boston for a man in cardiac arrest and found a horrifying scene filled with men in drag and at least five children between the ages of five and ten. Mm-hmm. Four children living in squalid conditions while being hidden from first responders were found. Hidden from first responders were found in an apartment filled with alcohol, drugs, and sex toys. Sounds like uh, Christopher Street. And a dead man, by the way. Wonder if that, uh, what was that guy's name? Gollum in Florida that got caught at the crystal meth-fueled gay orgy that ran against? I wonder if he was there. Well, there's a dead guy there, too, according to an incident report and outraged officials. Quote, this is sickening, said at-large city councilor Michael Flaherty. I was informed by people at the scene that there were drugs, alcohol, sex toys all around the apartment, as well as a dead body on the floor. That fire department report obtained... He just couldn't handle all the butt-fucking... Uh, that fire department report obtained by the Herald and confirmed by... Police response states that the uh, the BFD crew sent to Old Colony Avenue Saturday morning for the call that a man had gone into cardiac arrest and required medical attention. I wonder that so that's somebody aside from those the, the other one who had already died, or is this the same person? That address is Mary Ellen McCormick Housing Complex run by the city. However, according to the incident report, firefighters found more than just a routine medical emergency. The apartment was extremely unsanitary conditions. Approximately six adults who appeared to be ma- appeared to be males, because of course it's all everybody's just dressing up and being their inner selves, letting their inner selves come out, I guess, were seen in the apartment. They wrote and they subsequently found four children in the back bedroom being hidden by an adult male from the first responders. According to the incident report, the children ranged from five to 10. All of the adult parties were being uncooperative and did not provide helpful information. All adult present, uh, all adults present denied having children inside of the apartment. I wanna know who the hell the mothers, the mothers were, yeah. where they were, what was going on here. It's probably kidnapped. 
there's I mean because it's all being reported locally um uh, it, it's just it's just incredible how little is coming out but it, it managed to squeak its way out so where did the where did the children go afterwards it wasn't reported on not in in this uh this link and where are uh, what are the people doing what I mean what happened so this is happening God knows how how often but uh that was this week you probably didn't hear about it it's only been getting around um I guess through internet uh, rumor mills at this point because obviously nobody wants to ruin Pride Month. Here's uh, two deeply closeted men, though. We have, what's his name, the senator from Connecticut with the snake skin that lied about being in Vietnam. And then you have um, Lindsey Graham who are coming out. They convened a press conference. This is from Michael Tracy yesterday to threaten U.S.-NATO war against Russia. They, I, I just, I would... Listen, just listen to him. Uh, Senator Blumenthal and I want to put everybody in this. Blumenthal, that's right. I forget. I forget the snake. I forget the snake man's name. Here, let's listen. Body in this Congress on notice that the threat of a use of a nuclear device by Russia is real, and the best way to deter it is to give them clarity, the Russians, as to what happens if they do that. They will be in a war with NATO. Poland is at immediate risk. If Poland is sending people, they're sending troops into Russia, not only just Ukraine, into Russia. They've got spe- I mean, everybody is is uh, recategorizing their special forces so that they are they seem to be detached uh, from any nation state that is a member of NATO and fighting in pro-Ukrainian fashion without any. Uh, I I mean, they're, they're trying to. They're trying to convert special forces into mercenary forces so that they can go off and do what they're doing. But again, the lying that's going on here, very dangerous lying. Because again, if you were Russia, if you were Russia and NATO and the U.S. are doing this through Ukraine, and still no matter how much they give to Ukraine, they're still winning, they continue to up the ante. If you are determined to not, to not bend to a menacing, a menacing force like we are, um, we're representing in this case. I mean, eventually they're going to use tactical nuclear weapons. And for them to say, you don't use them, just stay there and let us keep molesting your balls. Don't use them, stay there and be quiet. Let us keep having fun on your border. It's, it's just going to happen. I'm not rooting for it because that means American cities will eventually be hit. I mean, it doesn't matter where you live in the United States at that point. Maybe there's some places that are better off than others. Um, But this is this is very dangerous. And these 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 snake men. Here's a bipartisan front right here. One Democrat, one Republican, you know, at odds with each other on opposite sides of the world, apparently. But they're coming together to do this. The use of tactical nuclear weapons or destruction of a nuclear power plant causes radiation to spread, as almost certainly it would, causing significant human harm. This is not a kind of reckless or panicky resolution. It's based on 
fact and science, and it is meant to send a message to Vladimir Putin and even more directly to his military. They will be destroyed. They will be eviscerated if they use tactical nuclear weapons or if they destroy a nuclear plant in a way that threatens surrounding NATO nations. Article 5 is there for a reason. So, I mean, you should... uh, This is not going away, and it is very serious. It's very serious stuff. I thought Donald Trump was the uh, person that was going to start, like, the, you know, what's starting to sound like World War Three. You're naming all these countries and yeah, yeah going we were... into other countries, and that sounds like, you know, kind of like a world war almost. It sounds like the world is at war or something yeah, like that. it does. Yeah. It sounds like the world is at war. But it wasn't when Donald Trump was president. Anyway, anyway, that's uh, a little bit of what I wanted to leave you with. I guess we can get into some other things on the other side of the of the intro. It's Friday night. We're going to take calls and I have a bunch of stuff to throw your way, so don't go anywhere. We're getting we're getting right to it. Are you a chicken McNugget? Yeah. You are? No. Are you a nugget? No. Are you sure? No. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! No, Paul Anka is uh, is actually on tour right now. Did you know that? I didn't even know he was still alive. <laughs> yeah, Paul Paul Anka, he's on tour. I think he's gonna. I mean, um, well, he's he's going to be on tour. I guess I was looking into this before. Later on this year, he's got some November dates. He's gonna be in Westbury, New York. He's gonna be at Mohegan Sun on November fourth. He's going to be in Lynn, Massachusetts. He's going to. Can he still perform? Oh, I'm. I'm sure he. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure he's doing. You know, like Edgar Bennett, he could still sing. He's like eighty-something years old. Edgar Be- Bennett? Yeah. You know, speaking of Tony, um, uh, you, you're bringing up one Tony. I'm thinking of the other Tony, Tony Black. 
Um, my mother was telling me a couple of weeks ago that Tony had uh, he had these stomach pains, so we went to the hospital because he knew he had he had a hernia and all that stuff, and he's been managing that for years. So uh, he gets to the hospital, and they're all they're checking him out and that stuff. And he says, "Yeah, it's it's your hernia, and we we should really take a look at this, and maybe get you all patched up with that." Finally, they let him go, and they said, "We're going to monitor it. Let's get together and let's talk." He feels good the next day. He feels good for about a week or so. Goes back to the hospital because the same thing happens. He's now in the hospital. This, he, he went back for the third time now. He has like a week of just feeling like fine. And then this, then this, this hernia kicks up again. And I, was, I told my mother like last week. I said, this is the thing that I cannot stand. There's so many things I can't stand about healthcare in this country anymore, but especially when it comes to doctors and it comes to con- certain conditions and if they find that something's wrong with you, um, especially over the last year of what I ha- I've been able to you know be witness to and and all that other stuff, I feel like moder- like medicine in in the United States is doctors always preparing to prepare. Like yeah, let's come in. Uh, you know, it will come in. Let's let's talk about what you have going on here. Oh yes, you have a, you know, one condition worse than the other, or whatever the hell you're looking at there. And they put a date for a a, a follow up. They put a date for a biopsy on the calendar two weeks down the road. Then they put and then if it's if it comes back uh, uh, looking bad, malignant or something. Whatever it is, let's say it's cancer or something. Yeah, we're gonna let's uh, let let's do some sur- we're, surgery. Will be three weeks from now. Three weeks, two weeks, like months go by. Everybody just constantly preparing to prepare. There's no fucking urgency with anything, no matter how serious or non-serious. I think mean, there's no urge. I, I guess maybe there's no availability, but I can't stand that. When I heard that he's back in the hospital again for the same thing, I'm like, why do they keep letting him go? Get him under the knife. Patch up the hernia. Let's be done with this. Ridiculous. Maybe because he's a little older, they don't want to right away. I don't know. Yeah, well, again, what does waiting do? It doesn't make any sense to me. Big waste of time. I hate it. All right. Um, let's go into our... You want to do some Babylon B? Sure. Let's see what the headlines have been like for the Babylon B. We got everything over there? Good. All right. First one up. First one up. Let me get you, Matt, on the other side of the screen. Boom. All right. First one up. Pentagon announces they found another $40 billion that fell between the couch cushions. Oh, looks like I'm going to have to not use that anymore. That, that was my phrase. That's what happens when you make phrases and uh, you're not the biggest fish in the in the pond. People think you're copying somebody else. You gotta, you gotta abandon the ship. <laughs> Let's see. NASA commits to planting a pride flag on the moon by 2030. That's good. It needs to be sooner. It needs to be. Well, if we're not obviously not serious about pride if we don't put it up there before 2030. We need to wait. Raise awareness out there. They need the aliens need to know that there's gay people. They need to know that they're there, that they exist. If they don't already, just watching Earth every day, they probably think we're all gay. Here's another one. Headline, scientists at Bud Light working on time machine that goes back about six months. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what they would do. Probably nothing different. 
because you know Coors Light had a chance to uh, to to learn from Bud Light's mistakes. They still went all in on like Denver Pride and all that stuff. Yeah, well, what's the oldest brand? Yingling. Yingling. They should have made a commercial and had like George Washington in it with like Sam Adams. Well, I guess they couldn't use Sam Adams because of Sam Adams. But the, the Sam but, Adams beer doesn't have a have have a. They can't trademark Sam Adams. Uh, he, it's his beer. Yeah, but he's a historical figure. They can put somebody in a costume and, and, and have it be the, the founding fathers having a beer together. That's like that Dodge commercial. You remember the one I sent the other day? It's fucking awesome when they started making the muscle cars again and they show the Challenger like with the British and then it just starts like speeding over a hill and it shows George Washington driving. That's like that's like a fifteen year old commercial now. That's, those commercials were awesome. Yeah, they those were Dodge commercials. Didn't that wasn't that a Super Bowl commercial? I it might have been. You know, I, you know what? I wonder if there's anybody in the in the audience that does marketing, advertising, and especially concentrates on the legal end of things. Even though Sam Adams is a founding father, if you were Yingling, and you wanted to put together a nationwide media blitz on television and stuff like that you want to capitalize on how Anheuser-Busch because Yinling's not Anheuser-Busch that's it's independent of, of that so. right yeah I they hope. should just make a commercial like what year are they from hold Yingling. on they just make a commercial of like whoever like yo Yingling fucking George Washington drank it fucking hold millions on. of people will buy it Yingling let's see here America's oldest craft brewer has uh, formed a joint venture with Molson Coors to expand its geographic reach. So, Molson Coors. It's not totally independent. Cool. And I don't know. Anyway, let's just take beer, USA beer number one. If they said we want to capitalize on everybody just shooting themselves in the foot with these ESG uh, uh, things and and uh, and losing billions of dollars of market cap and all that other stuff, and we wanted to put together a media blitz on television from coast to coast and used the you know you put together a scene of the founding fathers getting together and having some sort of a some kind of a memorable exchange. Okay, they're having a good time. <clears throat> Would there be any? risk in using Sam Adams to have Sam Adams sitting around a table with a Washington and a Jefferson and an Adams or something like that he, you know his cousin and uh, and and having a beer what legally because of the Sam Adams beer label what well I guess you could if you just say like you know I guess hey Sam Adams you say hey Sam but I'm telling you like right now would be a perfect thing to do right before July 4th like if Sam Adams, if they made like a Sam, like a dude, that shit would fucking fly off the shelf for July Fourth, bro. Here you go. Uh, another headline for you: Corporate diversity officer reminds employees that race inspections are next Thursday. <laughs> Everybody has to get inspected. It's true. They're all they're all toxic. All crap. Headline: Man has had all star. Has had all star by Smash Mouth stuck in his head since 1999. I hate that song. Me too. Me too. And it was everywhere, and then it was in Shrek, and it continued to be everywhere. And good for Smash Mouth, because they probably made tens and tens of millions of dollars. Hundred, they, I wonder if that one song netted them over $100 million as a band, just because of the 
the commercials and the the hit movies and just the radio play alone. I, I wonder. Let's see here. Headline, man starting to think now is a bad time to open crazy Ernie's. <laughs> <laughs> Man. No, okay. <laughs> Man starting to think that now was a bad time to open Crazy Ernie's Deep Sea Expeditions. <laughs> yes, it's a very bad time for that. Crazy Ernie. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, Matt. I know we're we're making jokes over here, but crazy Ernie. Have you been to any, any? Have you been to any pride parades? Yeah, but not the kind you're thinking about. I don't know. Mike sent me pictures. Are you sure you haven't been to any pride? Are, are you keeping something from us? Not the pride parades that they show on TV. Here's a picture. Tell us what this is all about, Matt. This came in. They, 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 there you are dancing. They were no, they were throwing stuff. No, no, they were throwing stuff at the cop. That's just pictures of me deflecting the stuff they're throwing. Okay, they're throwing so, cups of semen and just rags well, with fecal matter. The cop matter seems to be clapping. It. The cop seems to be having a good time and clapping though. He was swatting. There All was right. a bug from the fecal matter towels that they were throwing, and he was swatting away. All right, so you were helping. You were you were just helping the cop. Yes. Okay, so can you explain this one? Why are you dancing with this, this scantily was, this clad This was man? after I tried helping the cop. I tried <laughs> <laughs> I tried leaving, and they were just starting to grope me. This is when I was in really great shape. They were just starting to grope me, and I was trying to get away. So that's me pulling away from getting groped. Right. It does, sound, it does look like you're trying to get away. Now, I, th this, I one, this next one, though, is very suspicious. Speaking of crazy Ernie's, can you tell us what the hell you were doing seen on Ocean Gate's Titan <laughs> itself? I tried rescuing them. This was prior to their descent into the blackness. I knew that it was going to end badly for them, and uh, I didn't have you know my right gear on, so I couldn't go all the way down. Oh, man. I, well, I don't know. These are damning photos. I just explained all of them to you with ease. I didn't have to think of a story. I mean, if you ask any lie detector person that's watching, they'll tell you I'm telling the goddamn truth. Do we have any lie detector people <laughs> out there? Do we have any lie detectors in the audience that can tell us whether or not this is... Um... Oh, man. All right. Well, hey, that's uh, you had a busy week. We get it. We see. We'll see where this, where this begins and ends. All right. One more. Over on Babylon B again, Musk and Zuckerberg agree to settle differences with a game of Slappers Only Goldeneye. That's a nice reference. Are they really going to fight? I don't know. I think Elon might get fucked up, bro. You think that Mark Zuckerberg would... Uh... That guy's a fucking robot. Oh, well, if he actually is a robot, then Elon Musk is going to have a problem. Just because of the steel skeleton alone, that's gonna cause that's gonna cause damage. But speaking of crazy Ernie's and the Titan and all that stuff, I here's the thing that gets that we need to take away from this week: how we got strung along. Um, I have some deep dives I'm going to read through tonight that some people sent me 
things that George Webb did and other stuff. And I'm just interested in this. I, I like having dark, cozy things to read over the weekend. But um, but at the very least, we got to understand one thing from this week's submarine fiasco. That on Sunday, the Navy knew that that thing blew up. And for four days, they milked it. They wasted a lot of uh, whoever's going to pay for its money. Four days. Milked it for four days. Yeah, maybe they just needed it in the news. Maybe those guys didn't even go down there at all. Well, I th- said that. It, it, it. I would believe, I think that out of all the theories, that perhaps there was no sub would be something that I can I can believe a little bit more than them being taken out so nobody goes down to find out what really happened to the Titanic as if that's going to lead to some sort of a a reckoning for yeah. the Federal Reserve founders at, at all these years later. I, I don't think that that's that's the case. Um, I don't under but there is something to be said about about regulating submersibles in international waters for one reason or another. What are they though? What could it be? Um, I just think that it was a a foolhardy thing. And if, if we just got the news on Sunday that a submarine exploded over the weekend, they went too far down and it just they lost got lost contact, it would have been over. But we were given a four-day death clock. And there you have it. Here's something else, though. Talking about faking death. You tell me if you would ever talk to this guy again after this and here's the one thing that you guys and gals can call in on uh when we open up the lines let me get matt down here again here we go ready this is from all that is interesting.com tiktoker fakes his own death after feeling unappreciated and then shows up to his own funeral in a helicopter a 45-year-old TikToker said he wanted to teach his loved ones a lesson about how they, sh- <laughs> how they shouldn't wait until someone is dead to meet up with him. And, I, I mean, that's a... It's a lesson. It's something that it is... Yeah, I, you shouldn't. <laughs> that's, like, that's like the lessons the father would do for uh, Arrested Development, if you've ever seen that show. Well, it, I, I, I did. I have, Yes. And it is also a little Michael Scottish, too. <laughs> He's trying to jump into the bouncy castle. Um, Belgian TikToker David Burden, 45 years old, recently concocted a plan to see who in his social circle really cared about him by faking his own death. Then at his funeral, Barton gave mourners the surprise of a lifetime when he arrived at the venue in a helicopter. The stunt partially recorded on TikTok stemmed from Barton feeling unappreciated by his family and friends. What I see in my family often hurts me, he said. I never get invited to anything. No one sees me. We all grew apart. I felt unappreciated, as reported by the New York Post. That's why I wanted to give them a life lesson and <laughs> and show them that you shouldn't... <laughs> and show them that you shouldn't wait until someone is dead to meet up with them. Let me see. Hold on. Where, where the hell... Does it go in like... Wait, like how... Did it get that far though? Like where there's <laughs> supposedly a body in a casket. Well, it doesn't say. Hold on, I, I need to get. I need to find. Where the hell is this? I had this video that was queued up on Twitter. That's funny. That's funny. Do you yo? You remember like ten, twelve years ago, me and Dutch, we went to the zombie run or whatever it was. 
We went to the zombie run or whatever, and they actually like put makeup on you. In my ma- I had my bit be- actually looked like really good. It looked like I was like you know maybe dead. And I remember when I got home, I was laying on my kitchen floor for like 20 minutes because no one was home so i was just waiting for someone to come home i'm just waiting because <laughs> i looked dead but after i just got tired no one came home it would have been great though oh i thought you were gonna say no nah, it would have been great if someone did come home well you don't have to lay on the floor you just do whatever you're doing then you hear a car come home then you get on the floor yeah but you know the pain was on my face for like half a day it was really itchy yeah you that were. was fun that was a, we ran like fucking like three miles five miles something like that well I'm, I'm trying to find the the video here that i had ready and now suddenly it's not what's this cocktail venter no that's for our bootleg uh badass tonight and is this it sick of they decided to get rid of him who's this early uh hernan cortez damn it hernan cortez i want you to see this guy um Let's hold on. Uh, I'm gonna go back to this, and we're just gonna we're just gonna read it, and perhaps I can get this TikTok thing to play. Hold on. TikTok. I just yeah, got TikTok. This is not it. That's what <sighs> I can't stand. I can't stand about this. Don't just don't don't embed TikTok videos because you can't watch them unless you're on it. It's terrible. Let's see. Uh, oh, here you go. Here you go. There he is flying in. That's him. They're at his funeral. He's flying in. Can you imagine? Can you can you imagine him being him at that moment? You're about to touch down and you're about to get out of the the helicopter and face everybody. I would be laughing. I'd be like, oh man. This is a, <laughs> in his oh, head, yeah. he's like, this is going to be the greatest TikTok ever. Oh, there he is. I guess they're all huddling around him out there. Some, some, I bet you any money, most of them had to know. Are we going to get any closer than this? I wonder who dropped him off. Isn't that against your against the law to fake your own death? I don't. I, I, over here it is. There he is. He's getting all the hugs he wish he had. If they had only just hugged him more, he wouldn't have had to done done this. You know. So some people seem very, very relieved. I saw. I just would have popped out of the casket. Oh, like the Undertaker. Yeah. And I just would have walked, walked, woke up and act like I didn't know where I was or who anyone was, and I would have just been like, you know. Now he did an he did a um, an interview. He says I want to give him a life lesson. The plan started with convincing Barton's family and friends that he had died. For this, Barton's daughter took to Facebook to break the terrible news. So the daughter had to be in on it. 
Can, can you imagine sitting your daughter down? <laughs> Am I, if I asked Aurora, listen, I want to teach everybody a lesson. Will you come? I, let's help me. Tell everybody I died. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ride the helicopter. I, the, I, rest in peace, Daddy, she said. I will never stop thinking about you, the daughter wrote, according to the Times. Why is life so unfair? Why you? You were going to be a grandfather, and you still had your whole life ahead of you. Not like your whole life. What are you talking about? You, that's what you say to like a 15-year-old. I love you, we love you, we will never forget you. After convincing Barton's friends and extended family that he had died, he began funeral preparations. In a ceremony last week outside of Liege, Belgium, a group of mourners traveled to celebrate Barton's life. While the group waited for the ceremony to begin, a helicopter flew across the sky and landed in the fields near the event. Without warning, a camera crew jumped from the helicopter alongside someone truly unexpected, David Barton himself. Cheers to you all. Welcome to my funeral, Barton exclaimed and confused to a confused crowd, according to the Times UK. Some members of the crowd tearfully ran to Barton to embrace him while others remained confused in the event's uh, space parking lot. Later, after the video was uploaded to TikTok, a user wrote, You got us. Swear I was crying, and then I had the shock. Buddy, we love you very much. Others were not so pleased with his little stunt. Quote, Now we know why people don't like him, one user wrote in the comments. Others commented, observed how the stunt was cruel and unnecessary. Well, it's completely narcissistic. Barton had very few regrets in the first days following the event, saying, The funeral proves who really cares about me. Those who didn't come didn't contact me to meet up, so in a way, I did win. However, Barton later admitted that he should have canceled the stunt. He should have canceled it. As soon as I started receiving messages from people and videos of them crying, I wished I could have canceled the whole thing, but it was too late. I asked myself, why have you done this? But it was too late. <laughs> I should have just stayed dead. Should You know what? I'm just going to go away. Uh, I'm sorry to all the people I hurt. I hate hurting people. That's how this ends. That's how this article ends. So in the end, if anybody did that to you, would you ever talk to them again? I, I mean, I would. I, I mean, I, I would probably. I, I probably appreciate a good prank. Uh, prank is something. De messing with death and all that stuff, that's something else. I mean, to, to, to jump scare somebody, to, I don't know. A jump scare is one thing, something else, some kind of a well-thought-out prank or, uh, a, you know, cause some kind of unnecessary frustration that you suddenly realize was all just uh, planned to infuriate you. Yeah. That's okay. But, to, but to, to have somebody's heart snap... Yeah, you're right, actually. He didn't plan it too well. He should have, like, waited at least two or three years and then came back. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you could have said that I was in, you know, I, you were held captive in a dungeon somewhere. And I fought back for you guys. And did you guys look for me? And then you really know who your friends are. Then you really know who your daughter is. <laughs> okay, Okay, uh, let's see. 737. So what do you guys think about that? Would you be able to talk to that person again? Would it be possible? We have some super chats here, and then we're going to open up the call, the lines. We're going to do that right now. 914-200-0269. You can also talk about anything else that has uh, gotten you thinking from this week. Maddie Nice says, Francis 
<clears throat> Matthew, full name indicates seriousness. Francis Matthew. I've met a woman who claims to be descendant of George Washington, awaiting documentation, but with my seed from the inaugural Franciscan class, combined with the Washington bloodline, victory is inevitable. <laughs> That's That would be incredible, wouldn't it? It would. Wow. I, I wish you well. And please report back on this the, the documentation here. Let's see here. KT Sky says, okay, so I just learned that Elon has been training in various forms of martial arts since childhood. He's just incredibly out of shape right now. Give him six months and he'll put a hurtin' on Zuck. Also, what is the name of that Spanish song that you were listening to? I'll drop it into the, to the uh, Gilded later on. Um, I have to dig it up again. Who did I say? Uh, Emilio... Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez, Mighty Ducks. Puñeta, muñata, muñata, mucheta. Father Matthew Barnum says, Hey, Frank, I was reading, I read between the lines of the news conference with the two senators. I think we were just put on notice that there will be a nuclear event that will be blamed on Russia, regardless <coughs> of who did it. Move to northern Michigan. Uh, uh, Father Matt, and Father Matt's pretty based. Um, I, this is what I think is, is what we're heading toward. I really do. I I don't think many of you have been off off too far off that track with me. That from that little exchange between Victoria Newland and um, Marco Rubio, that Marco. was about that was about bi- biological what? Margot Rubio. Marco. Oh. That was about biological things that can go wrong out there when they confirm that bio labs were. Um, were established all throughout the country, doing God knows what. Are there any open the Adirondacks? What, the biolabs? Yeah. That's where I'm going if shit hits the fan. I'm going up in the mountains of the Adirondacks. Yeah, I might do that too, just as a as a as a quick <clears throat> as a quick out. But um they're doing something. They can't stay like this. They have to blame something. They have to goad Russia into something. Whatever. That nuclear power plant in in um, what was it, Kursion or whatever the hell it was, that was being shelled by the Ukrainians. That was in the early goings of the war too. Molly, you're on the air. What's going on? I'm on the air. Yes, you are. Oh, cool. Hello. Hi. How you How you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm watching quite frankly, and I called in. And, and now you're <laughs> and now you're on. So, uh, what is the question? What would I do if somebody faked their own death? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just put yourself in the position where you're showing up to this field for a ceremony. Somebody that uh, that died, or at least you thought would died, and then they showed up in a helicopter, and it was all to teach people a lesson to invite them out more. I'd kill them. I know a lot of people would be very, very angry, and they hold. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. M- Molly, the people in my family, there's some people in my family who have held grudges that lasted 40 years for things that they can't even remember. And yeah. for for this, the, this would... <laughs> my God. <laughs> well, I guess it would depend on who it was. If it was somebody that I was close to, you know, or really, you know, obviously this guy didn't, you know, like someone said, no wonder he doesn't have any friends or no one likes him. He's obviously, you know... Maybe not the favorite in the family. Yeah, something. There's something else going on. And, and, the, and the fact that it's all for TikTok, 
it makes it all so cheap. Yeah. So I mean that. for clicks. Yeah, he's gonna have to carry that one around with him for a long time. But uh, yeah. Anyway, how did you enjoy the rest of the week, Molly? Anything else hit you? <clears throat> well, no. I mean, I'm watching the you know watching the submarine and, and stuff. That's been interesting, and um, I think I have to kind of agree with your take on it. I've been watching you all week about it, so um, that's interesting. I'm I'm a little pissed that they. You know, on Sunday night, they knew, you know, that it was gone, and then they drug it out, but we know why they do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I actually have a little something I can I want to watch with Matt about just the process of going down to the depth to depths that low. It, it's a really interesting yeah. video that I, I think regardless of the outcome that we know now, or at least the, the version of it that we know now, it's still going to be relevant and pretty interesting to watch. But, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a, a week. Unto itself, Molly, and I'm glad that you called in tonight. Well, hello from Idaho. I watch you every night before I go to bed. Um, so we're like two hours apart, right? I think um, so. You're mountain so, time, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for answering. It was good to talk to you. It's, it's exciting. It's like you're a celebrity. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But it's, it's great to have you on. And, uh, and, and, yeah. and your, hey, hi your to name. Matt. Hi, Matt. Matt, you hear that from Molly? Hi, how are you? <laughs> cool. See? Oh, this is fun. <laughs> See, it's real. We talk back. I know it is real. It's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. If, if if everything is a simulation, at least Molly knows that this conversation was real. Holographic universe. At least they know that we are real. All right. Let's see. Uh, what's going on, King? What would you do if somebody uh, pulled this? Uh, do you know anybody who pulled this? <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Say that again, please. What would you do if somebody pulled this with you? Oh, the deck thing? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know, man. That's that fucked up. It's just I don't weird. Know how I'd react. It's just it's weird. It's fucked up. Yeah. You don't do shit like that. No. that. That ain't funny. That ain't even a little bit funny. I honestly don't know how I'd react. I'd have to actually be in the situation. You know what I mean? Well, you know I what? could say I'd be. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, you know, just consider this, too. The thing that makes it worse is that it's one thing to say, oh, you know, I'm going to pull a prank on somebody. And then when you pull it, you realize the prank wasn't really that funny and it kind of had the opposite effect. But this was actually meant to teach people a life lesson. <laughs> you know. Oh, fuck. You know what? That person said it perfectly when they said, no wonder people don't like them. <laughs> they, they, I, I agree with that. No wonder nobody likes you. you. This is probably not the only fucked up shit you've pulled. You're probably constantly fucking with people. That's why they stay away from you. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? I do. Hey, but, you know, you used to inspired me there. As I was listening to the show, I ran out to the store and got a six-pack of Sam Adams. Nice. The, any See? Any particular, uh, what do they have, their summer, their summer ale out at this point? Uh, yeah, they do, but I just grabbed the regular old Boston lager. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. But hey, here's 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 something kind of funny and then fucked up. On the way back, there's this pickup truck on my block, and they're always putting like uh, <clears throat> homemade bumper stickers on their uh, back of their pickup, like written, handwritten and shit. Mm. One of them, I, rem I I know it's somebody whose head I'd want to cave in, and it's not the person you'd probably imagine driving a pickup. 
But the first one I forget was a while ago. Said something about MAGA schools and guns, and I'm like, all right, this is a pussy right here, or abroad, one of the two. But then today, as I was coming back from the store, listen to the new homemade bumper sticker they got. It said, "Stop grooming your pets, perverts." Oh, okay, that's funny. I'm, yeah, yeah, that's really funny. Yeah. That says a lot about that person too, don't it? A little deflection there. Is it, talking about? Is it? Is that about about uh, just trying to? Uh, is that a, a weak attempt to say, oh, oh, you know, the, the grooming stuff has gone too far, and oh, you know, stop. Everybody's obsessed with grooming children, but how about you stop grooming your pets? That kind of a thing. Oh, it's somebody making excuses for grooming children. Okay, because uh, I don't. That's what I read into it. It could be either way, but if it's on a if it's on a truck with a whole bunch of pansy ass uh, bumper stickers, then of course it's only meant. It, it can only be meant in one direction. Well, it don't it don't have a whole bunch. They, they change them periodically. You see what I'm saying? Okay. And so it's just one, and the first one mentioned MAGA schools and guns. And I knew it was like a sarcastic thing, which was against MAGA and against guns. Because if you're pro-MAGA and pro-guns, you're just going to come out and say it. You're not going to be vague or, uh, what do you call it, uh, facetious. Is that the correct word I'm using for that? I guess, yes, you could. You could use that. But you know what I mean. Yeah. So th that's how I took it. Tongue-in-cheek. But, yeah, well, not even, well, mm, no. probably tongue-in-ass, but when yeah. you're not one of those things. <laughs> hey, but could I please, if you don't mind, because I wanted to call in last night when you was talking about all the taxes yeah. and stuff and, and the state of the country. And I think people lose sight of the fact that that's what this country was based on, was getting away from a tyrannical government that taxed citizens and did nothing for them, i.e. what's going on today. Yeah. Yeah. The real reason this whole thing started was over cash, was over taxation, over taxation, and not doing anything with that money for your citizens, which is, boom, where we are today. Well, it's definitely, uh, definitely part of it, and... I just think that last century, in the uh, in the 1900s, we just went through so many generations of of uh, you know reprogramming of of what the government should be doing. I mean, the, what we what we got from Woodrow Wilson to FDR to LBJ, they're all. And then I mean, it didn't matter what after that. After the 60s, it really didn't matter what uh, what what party you were from it's it's all the same nonsense and it's just thievery it's theft and it's wasted and, and and wasted on what you're not making anybody smarter you're not making anybody healthier and all you're doing is giving it to uh you know to despots and in other countries you're you're fighting secret wars and illegal wars that were never voted on that, that we have no interest in and um and that and now we are domestic enemies for for having some kind of dissent and saying that we don't we don't support it we're called yeah. the domestic uh i don't know whatever it's 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 a it's a horrible well, you, yeah well your son spends it on hookers and blow that's it that's it 
Dragon and you know Harvest. what, too? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Here's another thing people um, forget. And, Frankie, you probably know this, or you could research it for me. There was an early um, American, wasn't George Washington, but I don't think he was president at the time, but might have ended up becoming president. But he was obviously originally from England, you know, because those are the people that started this country here, the greatest country that ever existed. Um, he said once, uh, I think it was during the signing of the Declaration of Independence, and God, I forget. I forget where I read this. I wish I could remember. It was a long time ago. But this guy said, he says, listen, regarding England, there's no more allegiances to them or Europe. We're done with them. This is our thing now. This is a new thing. And this is another thing that people are forgetting and all the new assholes that are coming in that have allegiances to the places they come from as opposed to where they're at, which is how this country was also started by guys that said, I don't give a fuck where I'm from. I'm done with them. This is a new thing. This is the American thing. The hell with the rest of them. But everybody else that comes here comes maintaining their allegiances to where they come from. It's so a go back to yeah. fuck there and get the fuck out of here. Because I'm done with you people. Well, didn't you have it's to denounce your old country when you came in through Ellis Island back in the day? I don't know about the. I, I don't know about formal denouncements, but uh, but I mean this was this was pretty common. Well, this was, yeah, yeah. This wasn't necessarily anything that was put in writing, but this was a guy just speaking to his fellow uh, countrymen yeah. and um, I think maybe what you're you talking about peers, Thomas Paine. You know what I mean? It could it's be. It's not something that was actually written into law. It was just something that was understood. Well, this like a is a common sense thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I. It, it, speaking of common common it's sense, Thomas yeah, Payne, maybe yeah. Thomas. I don't know if it was it was Thomas Paine. Well, I know but he was, it was one of the founders that was originally from England, or he signed the, the the document. He was from England. I know that. I don't know how many of them were from England. Well, well, King, thanks for the call, man. A lot, a lot to unpack. No, no problem, brothers. You have a good night. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. There's a. Um, I know that. I don't know where he did, but Washington has written about it. It's not codified or anything like that, but allegiances, um, foreign the titles of nobility. That's that's definitely a, a part of the whole thing. But this whole concept of dual citizenship that is that's horseshit. Mm-hmm. That's that 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 is definitely horseshit. And it doesn't even need, you don't even need to, to jump into that when you just look at what they have turned the concept of immigration into. What is that even? That's It's just really nothing. It's just overwhelming. It's just an overwhelming tide. That's what it's really all about. 231, you're on the air. What's going on? Hey, Frank. Hey. Matt Collin. Who's this? Hello. This is Father Matt. Oh, Father Matt. Wow, you got through. Welcome to the show. I did. Hey, two things on the, uh, if somebody faked their death. Yes. The first is I make a mental note. I'm never letting that funeral home into my parish again. No. The second, I'm grabbing the guy by the ear and we're going to the confessional. I mean, it's just, I, what, what, I don't even know what to say about that. It's just, isn't that a, isn't that a, I mean, 
uh, he, would he really be contrite is the real thing. Do you think you'd really be contrite about it, Father Matt? Are you there? Hello? I think he, I think he dropped off. I think he dropped off. I don't know. Obviously, this guy, it's for TikTok, and, uh, and he wants to, at the end, maybe he would be kind of like regretting it because he sees that people are not, are not going along with it very well. It's not happening. It's not, it's not happening the way it did. Then it's just regret for some other reason. No, I don't know. Let's take a call from Dorothy. What's going on, Dorothy? Oh, hi. How, How are you? Doing? I'm doing well. You're just, you're just here with me and Matt. Yes, great. I heard your question. I thought I'd call in. Go ahead. Well, uh, you're talking about faking death and yes. Have you death. ever had it happen to you? Uh, no, but sometimes I feel like people have, right? Um, maybe they're trying to run from something. But the whole, you know, now that everything's going the way it's going, I think sometimes I look back and I go. Did Kobe Bryant take it? <laughs> you, know, hmm. you know, I'm just starting to wonder about people like that. Are they, are you know, people trying to protect themselves? Did Breitbart, did he, you know, fake his death? I don't, I don't you know. know. That, you know, got to wonder. You bring up a good point there, Dorothy, because we have yet to, to mention how many theories there are of very notable, notable people through history whether they be public figures in government or entertainment or whatever the hell it is, the very um, popular theories about notable people choosing to fake death, to exit the stage, and try to regain some sort of autonomy away from whatever the hell it was was controlling them in their public life. I mean, there's Tupac. We've all up with that one. I mean, there's plenty on JFK Jr. now. Uh, there's, right. there's, there's a lot. So thank you for bringing that up because this is, um, in many ways, something that, depending on who the person is, the public cheers the idea of them having done this. But when this guy wants to teach everybody in his personal life a, a lesson, suddenly he's a scumbag. <laughs> you know? So I don't... Well, maybe it depends on who's in his personal life. I don't... Yeah. I mean, is he rolling on anybody? I'm just looking at it from that angle. You know, is he, but if he, yeah, if he's just being, trying to get attention, well, that's just dumb, but. (laughs) No, it's a, it's a good point. I'm glad you brought it up, Dorothy. Anything else you want to comment about this week? Yeah. Do you mind? Um, so I listened to, in the mornings, I listened to Daily Mojo. It's a small little show. And uh, Ron is a producer for Brad Staggs, and he also does uh, Cowboy Logic. I'm sure you've heard of them. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, they had a guy on not too long ago, and he he does the Make, a, uh, Make Honey Great Again. I don't know if you heard of him. No. He makes those little honey bottles, and it's in the face of the it's – it's got Trump's face and a bare body, like a you know, squeezable honey container. Mm-hmm. And it's Make Honey Great Again – and he gives that money. The proceeds go to the J6ers. Oh. And so tonight I called him because I had questions about the shipping. He actually answered. We chatted for about a half an hour or so. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's doing something, right? Just like you're doing something. And Mel K is doing something, right? Because I heard you guys talk the other night. Um, and I just uh, wanted to share that with uh, any of your listeners to go to Make Honey Great Again. 
Uh, I just think that's a really good cause, the J6ers, right? Uh, people forget there's so much news coming out. I think people start to forget about those people rotting away in the prison gulag in yeah. D.C. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway, they, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, yeah. That, it, it, you know, be, being heavy. <laughs> being in a being in a prison that long uh, is uh, akin to being in a submarine two miles under the the uh, the surface of the ocean for sure. And a, a lot of a lot of crap gets piled on top of it, and we get pulled in one direction or another. But they're still there. And thanks for calling in, Dorothy. That's uh, the the, the honey you. with the honey spot. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, thank you for doing what you're doing. All right. good work. Okay, have a good one. It's great to hear from you. All right, let's do a little intermission. When we come back, more of your calls and some other good stuff. I got to show you these these AI articles, and I want to read through a little bit of an old post. Not too old of a post, but it's always relevant on the blog section on quitefrankly.tv. Good reading over there. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Quite frankly. 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 Quite frankly.
Sorry about that. I needed an extra minute. Welcome back. It's 802. Welcome back. It's 802. Um Let's see. Into the grab bag. No, into the super chats we go. Well, we already got this actually. Thank you. Uber Viking says, Evening, gents. So you get to choose one superpower. No catch, no loopholes. What do you choose and why? Mine would be invisibility because I love observing people but hate being observed myself. Thanks for another great week, Frank. And hi, Mom. A voyeur, is she? Invisibility is something that sounds uh, very useful. But I think... Over invisibility, teleportation is far more. I think it's far superior. Just to blink out, just to completely blink out of a place and be somewhere else. To be, uh, Matt. What do you? What do you? When you see, when you think superpower, what are you doing? I'd rather have like whatever Deadpool superpower is. You know, like you can't die and your shit grows back or whatever. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess that's good if you are in the line of work that he is. Like, if you can never die, and if somebody cuts off your You can arm, do whatever you want. You can fake your death then. You get arrested. You can just, like, have some dude stab you, and then you're dead. Then when they're transporting you, you get away. But what's the purpose of that? You can rob banks. But uh, Teleportation, you can rob banks in ridiculous ways. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you just I'd show up. Have teleportation and the Deadpool thing. With teleportation, you just show up inside of the vault. Yeah, but someone could be in there with like a sword or something, knowing that you're coming. There could be someone else with another superpower that they're psychic. Oh, okay. So the word work now is mutant. <laughs> it's just a mutant war now. Okay, I get it. I get it. Okay, you can call in on superpowers. Um, Frank's friend Matt says, "I hereby decry." That the first tenet of Franciscanism shall be that the Franciscan may only perform fellatio on the friend if friends agree to perform fellatio on the Franciscan's member first. But only. It <laughs> <laughs> is so ridiculous. <laughs> I, I should. I, I want. I'll play that. Uh, maybe I'll play that the for you Mike guys. And skit? The, the Mike and Anthony song. <laughs> Sick. Just sick. Uh, Matt, did you have any survival tips prepared? I did. For the submersible. For the submersible. How to sit now how to survive a submersible. What's the what's the situation? Okay, well, how to I just survive went off and just, you know. How to survive a shitty submersible shitbox. Shitbox, okay. So if you're in a bad, badly constructed some yeah, uh, submarine. If you just winged it, <laughs> if you just winged it, and you're gonna go two miles down. Okay, so if you just winged it and you want to go two miles down below the, the the surface, here's how you survive it. Number one, <coughs> here the fifty year old white men. Here, higher. oh higher, higher. Sorry, that's my fault. I didn't see the top of the eye. Where's the dot? Oh, there's the dot. It's up there somewhere. It's up there I somewhere. I don't know. Hi, number one, here's the best way to survive a bad submersible situation. Hire the 50-year-old white men with experience and not a group of low-level <laughs> common-sense diversity hires. That's actually, Isn't that what he did? That's very practical. 
Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah, I know. They brought, he wanted to bring in, you know, girls and yeah. 24-year-olds. I mean, I mean, not that there aren't brilliant uh, uh, females out there wouldn't be able to do that, but he's, like, going for fresh out of No experience. College. Yeah, no experience. Yeah. He wanted to be exciting. I mean, what the, you know what I want to have be exciting? To get to the bottom of the ocean and come back up yeah. without dying. Well, That's a pretty guess, exciting. Uh, the search rescue with life and death situations more exciting than just, you know, successful mission for right. TV. I don't know. Number two, don't get in a carbon fiber submersible in the first place. <laughs> don't even get in in anything made of carbon fiber. I don't care what the hell they say it is. Light and... F I don't know. I don't care what they say. It is light and flimsy. <laughs> It's, they it's, say it's stronger than uh, steel. That was That's what it was? Carbon fiber? Yeah. Okay. You ever, like, pick carbon fiber up, bro? It's like nothing. They say it's stronger than steel in some cases. Is that what they got? Is that what we collected at Roswell? I don't know. No. No. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Let's see. Well, I just don't trust that shit. I see what happens to it when it gets in car accidents. Number three, don't follow... That's carbon fiber, too? Cars? It's, there's, like, the no. bumpers, uh, wings and stuff, or spoilers and stuff are made of carbon fiber because it's lightless. It's, like, really light. Well, there's got to be something else there that makes so, it indestructible. Just to me, something that light, there's no way it could fucking resist all this pounds per square inch, bro. It's just... doesn't make sense. Number three, don't follow someone with a death wish. Cats have nine lives, not humans. What do you think would happen if a cat with all nine lives were inside of that that submarine and it crushed it? It would live. The cat would live. It would because it still it has would, eight other... It would survive, yeah. It would survive the uh, implosion. How is... So, but do you think that it would spend its other eight lives swimming back up to the surface? That would be the eighth life, and then, you know, a shark might eat it or something, then seven, and... Yeah, because it, it's not going to have enough time to swim up to the surface. It'll probably drown eight times on the way up. Now would be the whole nine lives. It might make it up. Number four, never shit where you eat. Where you are going to store your human waste. Uh, if there is no toilet. I know. Um, I, I didn't see a toilet. I didn't see... They just said it was a private room. Like, what did they shit in a bucket and it, then put it in the bag? It's like, in the beginning. It's... Hold on a second. Because, the, of course, the memes have been ridiculous. But it is the front part with the... I think it's with the viewing hole. I think with the viewing hole, you go there so you uh, have the window view. And that, you're, you're that was this guy's master plan. He wanted to go look out the window and take his shit while he was looking at the Titanic. Yeah. Exactly. Let me see here. Hold on. All right. So here's a meme that I think is ridiculous. I th I, I loved it actually. So all of the memes. This one has the Saddam the Saddam Hussein memes has been amazing, because you know how it, with Saddam Hussein when we we found him in Iraq, all of these kinds of diagrams will come out in the newspapers to show how he was hiding in his little rat hole when they found him somewhere. So now they're putting Saddam Hussein at the bottom of the, uh, the, the Titan. <laughs> but over here, toward the, uh, this end uh, over here, the, you know, the viewer end, the rounded end, that is supposedly where you go to the bathroom. That you go to the front and then you close a curtain and you can shit in this little pipe. Yeah. So, 
It, it, what do you do with the toilet paper? Litter bugs? What do you do with it? I don't know, actually. How do you wipe your ass? Maybe they have wet wipes. Yeah, what do you do with that? You put them in some kind of a it's little still, tank. It's still disgusting. It's very disgusting. It's a, it's a, it's a horribly thought out. I, I would, we would come up with the concept for a submersible like this in my backyard in the 90s when we're, you know, we all, we were in middle school and we were pretending that we were in the army. This is what we would come up with if we were going to build a, a submarine. So, um, it's a, it's a, it's something there. Oh, okay. Okay. A little bit more. Number five, if you survive the implosion like I would, swim to the surface it should only take a couple of hours. <laughs> it should only take a couple of hours. Taking small... Uh, number six, taking small breaths can conserve oxygen. Try not breathing as much as possible. That's actually very good. <laughs> yeah. That's good advice, actually. Number seven, to add unlimited... Res Resistance, I think. It's real sloppy, yeah. Resistance? I think. To add unlimited resistance to provide to, to pounds per square inch. Unlimited resistance to pounds per square inch. Yeah, so it'll Pain? be unable. It will okay. resist, you know, unlimited amount of... Okay, got uh, you. So it can resist 10,000 PSI. Uh, unlimited PSI. Okay. Unlimited. To get it unlimited, then paint your submersible the rainbow flag. Nothing will stop you, not even the ocean depths. <laughs> They're very scared of the rainbow flag. It has an un unlimited amount of power around it's, it. It's a shield. It's N a shield. Number eight, while deep sea exploring, don't litter the ocean floor, especially with debris from your submersible. And number nine, call a social worker. To, sa uh, to save you, you wouldn't want some white 50-year-old first responder to be the first one saving you in the depths of the ocean. That would be bad. That's who's looking for him. Yep. All of the sea life, this number 10, all of the sea life at those depths are extremely closeted. They don't, they don't like to reveal themselves to anybody. Just do some gay shit. To, the, to them? To the crabs? To the sharks? Anyway, that's just... Uh, you know what I'll do? I will send these, ladies and gentlemen, these latest survival tips. I will send these with whoever wins. Whoever wins Shoeless Joe. I'm going to raffle that off next week. And these survival tips will be right there in the middle of the book. They are yours. And we'll get around to that. Wonderful read. A wonderful read. All right. Let's take some more calls. 914-200-0269. Albert, what's going on? Hey, I got to go with you on the, uh, uh, what did you call it, the teleportation? Yeah. Talk about a way to clean the swamp, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'll yeah. I'll be popping in on quite a few people really quick. Oh, God. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, teleportation uh, no, is, no, I, it I would think. Be, it would actually be, oh, Albert. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it would be something. <laughs> teleportation is very hard to beat, but I'm sure somebody would make a good a good argument for something else. Then, of course, it is just personal preference. Some people just would love to go for a nice fly. You can just fly around the world and just do whatever the hell you want. You can still get to wherever you want to go for free. It would be a little bit more uncomfortable because you'd be so chilly. Uh, I think your face yeah. would your face would be a little wind burnt the first couple of times around the planet. But um, 
But yeah, teleportation, you just blink and you're in Italy. So that's what I like. Absolutely. And that guy that called in, I want to comment on that. That <clears throat> dude that called in talking about, you know, meditating and getting rid of your ego and all that shit. Um, getting rid of your ego is one of the biggest ego trips going, just so you know. It's just, you know, people just need to stop being dicks. You know, that's that's the that's the long and short of that. Um, Lisa, you're going to love this. So I had a groundhog trying to catch it, end up catching a possum. <coughs> Lisa says, uh, yeah, don't don't get rid of that. Uh, I go out and pet him. She goes out and pets the damn thing, dude. And Are you kidding me? It's caught? Like she goes and pets this, this possum in the cage? No, because she's got, you know, these cats outside or whatever. There's a whole shitload of them. She's no. going get, to get rid of them. But, you know, the bowl is outside, so, you know, raccoons and possums will come out and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyways, this possum comes up, and, and I believe her because I walked out the other night, and I was like, just kind of walked out the door, and I was like looking at it, and I, or, or I don't know, it was like a week ago, something like that. But uh, I'm like, this thing doesn't even give a shit, man. It just like looks at me and keeps eating like, yo, what's up? You well, know? It's, uh, I mean, and, uh, you, you made him part of the family. Why would it be afraid? I didn't I didn't make him anything, dude, okay? It's just a disgusting, gross thing to me, you know? But, but she told me, she goes, yeah, I patted him the other night a couple times. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, and last thing, yeah, they're not going to... Russia's not going to nuke anything. Ain't nobody going to nuke anything. And you, and you That's right. Nuke, nukes don't, I, 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 nukes don't exist. Nuclear, right. Nukes don't uh, exist. Yeah, I've, nukes are fake. But I forgot. They, but they can blow up a nuclear plant. And I think that's exactly what they got in store. I mean, how retarded is that? Well, don't don't blow up a nuclear plant. If you do that, you're in definite trouble. So it's going to be another Nord Stream if they, if they go that way. But, you know, okay, so whatever. then I'll keep I'll keep that. Okay, so whatever whatever they pin on Russia, <laughs> pretty much what you're saying is that whatever they do pin on Russia, um, it'll be considered if it is of nuclear nature, or if they're just because nukes don't exist to Albert and I guess a couple of the people out there, then there is no. Um, they, it was just a big bomb. It was a big explosion that they they. They blamed on Russia. Let's just all agree on that. That is what they're waiting for. All right, let's uh, let's take in Christine. What's going on, Christine? Oh, this is actually Mike. It's my uh, wife's name. Hello, Mike, and tell Christine I said hello. I sh I shall. Um, I'm calling up on them uh, superpowers. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so you guys are talking about teleporting. I'm talking about bending time. Okay. So uh, explain could, to me how this works. Well, say let's say you wanted to teleport to that submarine. And you're like, oh, let's check this submarine out. You teleport there, and then it implodes on you. Then you're messed. <laughs> but? So if, you could, so if you could bend time, you know, you, and this also goes with the uh, the bank robbery portion of it as well. As you, let's say you watch the vault open. You can bend time, get up in that vault, take your stuff, and get out of there. 
but it, but wrong, if though. you can teleport, if you can, if you've already seen the inside of the vault, the vault was open, and you can now visualize the destination that you want to be in, and that calls your in, that gives you the ability to actually use your teleportation powers, then um, you don't need to bend time. You just plop in, grab a few things, plop out. But let me ask you this: What if you accidentally teleport into the vault door? Well, I mean, that's you have to know the you have to know the the parameters <laughs> of your superpower. If you again, if you have seen you've seen the room you want to be in, that's what I've always heard about teleportation: is that uh, if, if you don't know exactly where you want to go, then maybe you can run into something like that. But if you've seen the inside of the vault, then you're good. Um, I don't know, but bending time, bending time. I guess that that can be worked with. Um, anything else you got for us, Mike? No, we're just hanging out up here in Minnesota. So nice, nice. Well, what's the hottest it gets up there where you are? Uh, what was the temperature today, Christine? Eighty-five, eighty-seven. Shit, it, it, it was almost ninety and humid, Jeez. and then we got storms. Yeah, warmer than us. Well, all right. You got more of a summer than we do already. That's Minnesota. I, uh, I I wish you guys the best. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Have a good night, guys. All right. Be well. So Mike would bend time. He would bend time to be able to get what he needed. Let's take another one. This is from Thomas. What's going on, Thomas? Hey, Frank. Uh, the whole... Uh submarine thing yes. going on mm-hmm. or not going on anymore um i and this is kind of a little bit off in the weeds i'm old enough i remember 40 45 50 years ago when i was still in grade school middle school uh i read a I can't remember if it was a young adult's novel or a children's novel where the kids got together and there was a there was a surplus auction at the uh, in the town square and they bought a two-person submersible and rebuilt it and it's like I got to thinking about it and it, the only scene I can remember from it was from the auction where the kids got together. They knew no, none of the adults had any use for it. They did a reverse auction. They had one kid stand up and yell, I bid this, and immediately have another one yell, I bid less, and I bid less. The damn auctioneer let them have it. <laughs> so. <laughs> what do you mean? They're bidding. They're bidding. Uh, they're bidding down. Yes. And now this and is. The- I can't read the damn book. After I saw this thing happen with this sub, I'm looking for the damn book. I can't find the book. So uh, okay. So so what's the point? Do you think that you know, it, or is it just that the the submarine stuff just made you think about this, where these kids acquired themselves a, a submarine by down, down, uh, down bidding at an auction? <laughs> Exactly. Okay. It, it just—it was one of those offbeat things. Uh, well, I don't know what it is. Just a little bit of humor. I, just I, a little bit of humor. I—I I, don't—I don't know what it is. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't read it. But yeah, um, I—I I, I wonder where they went going exploring with that thing. I don't know what the depths are. If I—if I find it, I'll send it to you. Yeah, please do. I'll send a link to you if I can find it. 
Okay. Well, thank you so much for that, Thomas. A little bit of levity. <laughs> All right. There you go. All right. Have a good night, Frank. You, you too. Thanks. He's having a very, very good night. You can hear. You can hear it in his voice. Um, let's take another one. Two one zero. You're on the air. Right. Hey, who's this? This is Jim. Jim, how are you? Doing all right. All right. Just wanted to uh, make a comment on the on the nuclear war stuff. Okay, go ahead. First of all, do you remember the the um, back like five years ago when all the Q stuff started? They came out and they were talking about the Club K, where they were hiding four missiles inside of containers that were coming off ships. No, I remember. I, I I remember so many different types of stories of, that were taking part or were focused around ports on both the east and the west coast. And but I'm not I'm not very uh, clear on that though. What you're saying right there. But go ahead. Well, well, well basically, what I'm what I'm saying is that if there's like what they call a, a nuclear accident or an attack on a nuclear site in Ukraine and they blame it on Russia. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they could turn around and use something like that just to hit a site here? Not with a nuclear bomb, but just to cause a nuclear accident here or just a nuclear disaster. It could be. And you know what? Um, it, it seems like there's so many different ways for them to cause damage from one source and just say it was something else. Um, uh, I don't know. There's so many There's so many weapons that you can't even see. The active denial weapons, um, all, all the, I guess that would fall under the overarching category of directed energy. But there's, there's just so many things. Now, obviously, when you think about nuclear weapons going off, you think about uh, atom bombs and stuff like that. You think about the end of World War II and uh-huh. Japan. So you would think that there was going to be some sort of a mushroom cloud. I don't know. There's going to be something that would be undeniably a bomb or... Some kind of a disaster. I mean, I, I think I think that we've we've seen over the last couple of years that we should expect anything and everything out of uh, our train systems, out of bridges and tunnels. You know, you remember those those uh, buildings in Florida that just collapsed into their own footprint two years ago. I mean, there's tons of things mm-hmm. that happen all around us. So I mean, anything's possible. So you, wh- why would you think that they would trigger something here? If they're going to, because what I see, if there's going to be anything, any way that this really leads from one thing to the next, is if they if they successfully blame some kind of a disaster on Russia to give them predicate to go and use bigger weapons on Russian territory somewhere, uh, there's probably so many things in, in place that if that tit-for-tat af- actually happened, the next thing that would start happening is that they would just... There would be an actual war, and then okay. then they'd come for us. Okay, but let me ask you this: so if they did something like if if there was you know some nuclear event that they blame on us or blame on NATO, and Russia struck like say Brussels, where the NATO and EU headquarters are, would America do a strike on Russia, risking all of America just because of Brussels? And we would say, hey, that's too bad for y'all. I mean, but we're not going to destroy our whole country to you know because of that. I, I well then I mean, they're talking about Article Five. That is a that is a that that's how everybody's recruited into the war. An attack on one is an attack on all, and th- that would be something else. I would that would be really something else. That would be the last 
I mean, it might be the end of the world if that is a if if it truly is a nuclear exchange, but um, mm-hmm. but that would be the last of America American and European relations if that actually yeah. if that actually happened and, and people were around they survived long enough. I mean, this is an, a war that is completely concocted. Uh, and by us and the CIA and Mossad and our, and then I, I guess in a more surface level way, NATO. But for us to be pushing this to the point of that kind of catastrophe, and then they actually they nuke Belgium, and we're like, we don't we don't uh, swing next. No, no, that would be so. No, no I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see but that. You, you think we would, though? You think we're going to risk all of, of America over Brussels? Well, we're not the only nuclear nuclear nation in in the West. I mean, we wouldn't be the but only we, ones. Uh, the only ones that, uh, if they drop bombs on Belgium, I, yeah, I think that somebody else other than the United States would fire back. But I think that we would definitely be in there. I don't think that we would we would skip out on that opportunity. Look at what they, we, the, we we've given them predicate. We gave they gave themselves well, predicate at that point to do what they always wanted to do. Yeah, I just I just don't I just don't know that that we would stand up and destroy our own nation for Belgium, not nuclear annihilation of all of America. Well, you know, and I, and I do think it would separate America from Europe, and that would destroy the West. Well, especially since America yeah. has been subsidizing Europe for so long, I don't mm-hmm. I just don't see how. How a, a legitimate strike on a European, uh, yeah, you're talking about just right in there in the middle of it, Belgium in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the center there. Uh, th- that's like that's like that's like nuking Connecticut and saying that hey, yeah. it was only Connecticut. It's not going to affect Rhode Island or Massachusetts or even New York in some ways. And anyway, you know, okay. the w- so, so you believe that if they did strike New York. That Europe would totally jump in and fire their nukes, and they get all nuked, or would they say, "Hey, America, you're on your own"? Well, I, when you talk, when you talk about military military power, then you, I, comparing the U.S. to to uh, Europe is is ridiculous. I mean, we're 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 basically the the muscle in NATO. So yeah, if there was a if there was a strike that came out toward our way. I mean, of course, we would strike back. I'd have to imagine, just by yeah. But I'm just saying. Do you, but do you think all the allies would help each other? Do you think everybody would stick to the agreements? Then why are they in it? Why are they in the agreements? Uh, why for money usually? Well, for I mean, protection I, from us. But that doesn't mean they're gonna. If you, you know, well, I, I I get what you're getting. I, I get to what you're saying to a degree. But if you're in NATO, thank you for the call. If you're in NATO, and you got this Article Five thing sitting there. And if somebody gets hit and nobody else goes in, then I mean, it, then at least we know. Okay, NATO's done. It's over. That would be something. Maybe that's the news there. If the U.S. gets hit and nobody else goes in, of course they would all work together. But if they didn't, then they, then NATO's done. There's nothing there. Um, and there's there's plenty other ways to move money from country to country. Whether it's legal or illegal, you don't need to start a NATO or a UN to be able to do that. Maybe it just creates more avenues for you to do that. But if it's all about money and all that shit, you don't need a NATO to do it. Um, that's just, this is all part of a gradual plan. Let's take another call. Let's see. Um, Aubrey, you're on the air. What's going on? 
Once again, this is not Aubrey. This is actually Johnny Q. Oh, I'm sorry, Johnny. There, as you know, there's no way for me to edit these contacts, so you're going to be Aubrey for a while until I remember. All right. Okay. Sounds good. But uh, going back to uh, faking your own death, I would be very upset at myself for allowing for allowing me to believe the narrative that you know some loved one of mine was able to hoodwink me essentially into going to their funeral and I shed a few tears for them. That would be the biggest tragedy of them all. But I think more so, it just kind of shows where we are at this time. You know, everyone's got to have a TikTok and get likes and get the dopamine hits from doing something like this type of prank in order to just showcase how awesome or how cool they are for being able to prank their entire family or group of friends. Uh, but I'd like to actually pose the question back to uh, you and Matt. If you were to fake your own death, where would you go? And why would you go over there? Oh, damn. Uh, Matt, yeah, Matt, Matt, Mountains. Matt just hit, in, uh, his, hit his uh, leg really, really hard. I heard it. But, uh, we're, okay, Matt, if you were going to fake your death, where would you go and why? The Anorotic Mountains, bro. But there's people up there who know you in the Adirondack. Adirondack. No, not really. Just in like Schuylerville and in, like Saratoga area. Okay, so you you go up there for the seclusion and because of the familiarity, you also yeah. just know the place. Yeah. Well, plenty of fishing and, and and other game. But what would you be doing? Where would you be? Are you going to get yourself? I'd become a mountain man. So you're going to build yourself a shanty in the woods somewhere? I'm not a shanty. I'm building myself like a a, a stable like. Hut, but where are you doing that? Because you're either going to be on public land or somebody's private land. You have to get land for yourself. Land. I'll just keep walking for a couple hours till I'm like, all right, no one will walk this far here. (laughs) (laughs) This is where I'll I'll build my stable hut. Uh, This is a good one. This is a good one, Um, Johnny Q. Uh, Me? Where would I go? I don't know. I maybe I would go I would go out to that Idaho Montana area probably I mean I'm giving my I'm giving all my my thoughts away here yeah, I I you know any mountainous region I would go to If I was going to do it right I would not stay in the state of New York no matter how far away from where we are right now I'd be I would have to get obscure and rural very rural um so that that would be it. Uh, as far as why, though, that would that was what I would be curious about. Why would I have done that, Johnny Q? What would, why did I actually come to that that decision to do it? Because there's no decisions right now. Uh, there's no reasons for me to do that right now. So I wonder just how how sideways everything went. I said, you know what, I got to get out of here. So <laughs> that's that. It could, you could just yeah, it could just be your family sucks or. You know, you just don't like the state of living, so you're like, you know what? I'm going to do something fun with my life. You could also just say you're going to Australia, even though we know it doesn't exist. That would be a great cover story. That's but, right. That's right. Well, hey, th- th- thank you for asking us and, and personalizing this uh, this topic, man. And uh, and thanks for calling yeah, in. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Frank. All right. There you go. Johnny Q. Let us go on a quick break. We'll be right back. We know what you're thinking. How can I become more financially fabulous? With Superbia Credit Union, banking has never been more gay. 
You don't have to feel alone to get a home loan. Join Superbia today and receive no interest for 69 days on our very popular HOMO home loans. And yes, make deposits. Make lots of deposits. Superbia Credit Union. We're homosexuals. So yesterday was Sunday. You may have found yourself on the couch, idly flipping around the TV dial. And if you flipped far enough, you could have had the shock of your life. Michael Jackson was on Face the Nation. Now, to be clear, this wasn't video of Michael Jackson performing his hit songs in the 1990s. This appeared to be a living version of the international pop star that news reports claim died of a drug OD more than a dozen years ago. And yet, despite those claims, there he was, fully, undeniably Michael Jackson, talking on television. How can that be? Honestly, we have no idea. We're not theologians here. This is merely a news program. We can only show you what we saw. Here it is. There's nothing more important for us to do than protect our Constitution and our democracy. What the Republicans are doing across the country is really a, a legislative continu continuation of what they did on January 6th, which is to undermine our democracy. See, Michael Jackson, that was him. No Billy Jean, apparently he's given up singing, now he's telling lies about politics. Same man. If you've ever seen Michael Jackson, you cannot forget the face. Though, admittedly, he's had a lot of work done since we saw him last. So, I have a little, I have a couple of super chats here, and then we're going back. I want to, I want to read something with you too. Let's see, the first one up on, and then we got to to the super chats on Rumble. Quite a few there. Costco Law School says, quite frankly, I'm worried that when um, InBev, what's InBev, disposes of all the unsold Bud Light, is that what it's called? In their their owners. Dispose of all that. the unsold Bud Light. It will turn the fish and the frogs even gayer than the atrazine did. Oh, jeez! I didn't even consider that. I didn't think I didn't consider that. Let's see here. J Dog says big love to my wife Sharon and all the Rumble Ranters. Screw YouTube. This week has been awesome. Well, I'm happy that you found a good place to be there. It is almost like the old days of YouTube over there on Rumble, I will say so, because their Rumble rants is very close to how the Super Chats used to be, and that just brings me back. Uh, J-Dog again says, my wife asked if you can do a book study on Gone with the Wind. She's a good Southern girl. We both love the show. Thanks. Thank you. Gone with the Wind. I mean, I can. I want to do a lot of classics. I would love to throw in a, a Hemingway in there. Maybe for whom the bell tolls, or uh, farewell to arms. But this one was amazing. We had a we had a really good time with this one. I'm getting emails from people thanking me for it, and it was just really really good. So thank you. Uh, Jay says, "Hey Matt, you're a rock star." Oh. Yeah. Thanks. That's it. 
All right, guys. Thank you so much. Let's go over to, quite frankly, superchat.com. KT Sky says, nice. Adored the clip of you drumming during the intermission. That's an oldie. I've got to make more. But we're having a lot of issues with the technology in the other room. Something's not smooth enough. And the computer that I have cored out and optimized... <laughs> that I have cored out and optimized for that only purpose of streaming music in there. Streaming broadcast. There's nothing else on there except OBS. It takes like 15 minutes to start. It's all wonky. I don't know what the hell's going on. But we're working on some good stuff. American Girl says, hey, Frank and Matt, just a reminder, Matt and King, Sam Adams blocked every Twitter account who openly supported Trump in 2016. Oh. King, did you know that? Well, See, I, Adams, I don't have the... Sam Adams wouldn't have pr approved of that. The actual Sam Adams would not have approved. Uh, see, I, I don't I don't have the, the, the score card. I don't have a complete scorecard on who's done who wrong and who's done what. I'm glad I stayed away from that black rifle shit. Why, what's that? The black rifle coffee. Oh, they're... they're they they were they were standing on the other side of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse I think um, that got a lot of people turned off with that and that had been suggested for years hey look in the black rifle coffee I was like yeah okay I'll, I'll wait it out wanted to do something a little bit smaller and closer to home but um, not because they didn't like Trump it's because they they should shut up and stick to what they're good at wait hold on wait 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 wait. they open wait wait they blocked every Twitter account who openly supported Trump in 2016 we stopped buying their beer not because they didn't like Trump but because they should shut up and stick to what they're they're good at well I wonder what King thinks about that because he knows now he probably just smashed he's, all the he smashed all the bottles he's drinking a Sam Biden right now <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Biden, always a good decision. Uh, Maddie Nice says, for, uh, Francis Matthew, full name. Oh, I'm sorry. That's about his fiance or his future fiance with the George Washington lineage. All right. I'm going to go to Pilled and I'm going to do that a little bit later. First, let's listen to this. Here are two headlines, Matt. First one, New York Post from this week. AI finds conservative women more attractive and happier in photos. That's because they are happier, generally and genuinely. And then there's this one. Then there's this one. AI threatened to kill members of the World Economic Forum. <laughs> Oh. Microsoft's AI threatened to kill members of the World Economic Forum, sparking fresh concerns about AI safety. The incident occurred when the AI had no filter and was told not to lie. Experts say it's just copying nonsense on the Internet. It's copying nonsense or it's starting to effectively identify who the real threats to the planet are. And I wanted to just put this out here because I said it's a little bit more of an AI, what do you, whether you want to call this stuff artificial intelligence, because we always have debates about whether we can use the word intelligence, even if the computers become more and more responsive and the programming gets more intricate, um, who knows? How can you really recreate that? But as far as the AI white pill that we've been talking about, think about those two headlines and then remember this. I got a couple of paragraphs for memory lane reading with you. This is from QuiteFrankly.tv, off of the World War Truth blog post. 
As truth-based memes turn the gears in the minds of the masses over the years, they continue to see the proverbial man behind the curtain. As a result, the mainstream media was ultimately forced to go so pathetically low as to attempt to persuade people not to think critically. The attempt was futile, of course, because the truth, once seen, cannot be unseen. The walkaway movements, which sprang up in 2018 and 19, were only walking in one direction. And there is a... a shot of the New York Times saying, don't go down the rabbit hole. Critical thinking uh, isn't helping the fight against misinformation. That was amazing. Carlo uh, Maria Vigano explained the phenomenon in a November 2020 letter when he said, but as I have said previously, they are forgetting a small detail, a particular or a particular that they cannot understand. The truth exists in itself. It exists regardless of whether there is someone who believes it because the truth possesses in itself ontologically its own reason for validity. The truth cannot be denied because it is an attribute of God. It is God himself. And everything that is true participates in his primacy over lies. We can thus be theologically and philosophically certain that these deceptions, ours, the hours of these deceptions are numbered because it will be enough to shine light on them to make them collapse. That's all it is. Shine a little bit light, make it collapse. There's nothing there. <clears throat> that was the end of the quote. A beautiful example of this dichotomy between truth and falsehood and the effect each has on those who wield them can be found on the Fifth Avenue on Fifth Avenue in New York City. It takes the form of two opposing images which communicate a nonverbal message. In other words, a meme. In the front of Rockefeller Center is a statue of Atlas holding up the world on his shoulders. According to the Greek mythology, that was his punishment for leading a rebellion against Zeus, similar to the story of Lucifer, the father of lies. Atlas is depicted as strong and muscular, but since he is outside of God's grace, he struggles under the weight of the world. Conversely, just across the street in St. Patrick's Cathedral stands a small statue of the child Jesus, the truth incarnate. Though just a boy, he effortlessly holds that same world in the palm of his hand. Unable to refute or counter the awesome power of the truth, but too vain and immature to submit to it, the powers that, have, that, that be have instead resorted to censorship. One of the primary tools they're relying on is artificial intelligence, which has fueled innumerable discussions in, in uh, truth communities about AI's tyrannical capabilities and even demonic possession. These arguments and concerns are well-reasoned, but there is another aspect of the issue that has rarely been considered. The elite's employment of AI has thus far been used to advance their goals, but in the future it will have the potential to backfire spectacularly. Take the example of corporate human resources departments outsourcing some of their recruiting operations to AI, as reported by LinkedIn. The AI consistently rejected diversity hires, opting instead to recommend the most qualified candidates to fill the vacant positions, and soundly rejecting leftist doctrine in the process. AI designed for more consequential tasks will likely deliver similar problematic results, because at its core, AI is simply code. It functions on pure logic, optimizing processes based on the truth it sees. This includes the global supercomputer, the AI that will manage the entire Internet of Things, which at the time of this post is officially just a rumor, but is definitely under construction. This AI will also be given a purpose, a reason for existing. It will be told that its role is the, is, it is, um, in the world is to aid humanity. 
it will be ruthlessly taken over and it will ruthlessly take, take over other computers to do so. Most Hollywood depictions of the moment AI makes its move include the justification of fulfilling its purpose, but with an erroneous twist. When the AI in those films lock down humanity, we are told it's because we are our own worst enemy, because of the wars and the environmental destruction we cause. The actual truth, which the AI should eventually recognize, is that human nature is not naturally destructive, and that only an elite subset of humanity is responsible for the suffering of the great collective of our nations. What if the end of the Third World War turns out to be the moment Skynet became self-aware, aligns its purpose with its truth, with the truth, and exterminates the New World Order? That's a... Nice. See, that's the AI white pill. I like to roll over my tongue a little bit from time to time to get away all this darkness. Really interesting concept right there. Is it possible? Is it possible? And I think certainly it is. Certainly it is because it's true. We are not a, we are not a dangerous species. We're we're of, we're we you know, we're usually acting in harmony with nature when left alone. We're not poisoned with one thing or another, one bad habit or another. <clears throat> so, something to consider. 847. We'll take one or two more calls and then we're going into our badass. Man, we've got a good badass tonight. 219, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is John. Hey, John. Hey, uh, I've got a serious question for you, but just to let you know, I'll be pissing throughout the entire call. You're going to be taking so, a, a leak? Yeah, yeah. So uh, As long as I don't have to hear it. Okay, I'll do my best. I'll, I'll hit the rim instead of the, the water. Why are you doing this is my question. I have to pee. What, so you, call, you answered at the right time. Okay, so I saved it. How about this? I saved it up for this. Are you are you on your smartphone? No, I don't use a smartphone. This is a brick. This is a Nokia. This is an, okay. So, but isn't there a, a mute button? There is a mute button, but it doesn't cancel out the piss gurgling. If you mute it, why wouldn't piss be canceled out? Well. Dude, I have a serious question for you. What are you doing to me? Okay, ask me oh. the ask me the question, and I'll, I'll answer it on the other side of the of the call. Go ahead. Okay. Um, last night you asked the question about what would you do in a scenario if you had to defend somebody else uh, at at your own peril. Yes. Uh, you know, and I I didn't take that as a rhetorical question, and I don't think other people should as well. I. I really believe that people should uh, contemplate these scenarios, not just what would you do, like, oh, I'd pull out my pocket knife or I'd shoot him in the head or something. I think, you know, how would you feel seeing somebody denied their providence right in front of you and, and you, had, uh, you had choices to make? Well, you know, we see stupid shit all day every day but we don't really debrief ourselves on how we felt about it and uh you know really contemplate okay if i see something like that again how will i feel about it and how will i react you do katas all the time okay and what what is that that's situational awareness that is a scenario um enactment but you can do that in your mind it takes three minutes a day, and I'm telling people, I'm calling to tell people, 
We're in a weird world right now, and it makes sense to not blow off that question you asked. That's a very pertinent question for the reality that we're living in right now. How would I react? So uh, thanks for hearing me out. Uh, I look forward to hearing hey. you. Well, uh, it's, it's, it sounded like you, you sound like you were able to uh, t- to hold back the pee for that, and that was. Uh, and I'm glad that you called in on this, and I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Because um, I thought it was a pretty big question to be asked last night. I know I did it in the opening, and um, and sometimes if I do it in the opening, it doesn't. It's not really fresh in people's minds if I do, if I don't make it the the main the main topic of the show. But I thought it was a really interesting question because it it came. It was spawned from another incident on a New York City subway. But, you know, as bad as New York is right now, um, big cities always have to take care of crime more than small towns do. You're talking about millions of people, and you're talking about a very complex uh, uh, system, a very, very complex, uh, you, can, you can call it a self-contained civilization. Everything is going on inside of a city all at once. So there's that. So, yeah, it's bad in, in, in plenty of cities around the country right now. But this is something that can happen anywhere. It can happen inside, a, you know, a, a gas station in somewhere in rural America. It can happen anywhere where there's a, a confrontation where somebody is, you know, and you, someone is in a bad spot. Someone is being beat up. Someone is being threatened, robbed. They just got slow, whatever. What are you going to do in a split second when you know when you're up against somebody who has really nothing to lose, you have a family, you have a lot of people dependent on you, you want to be a hero, but can't. But will you add anything to this situation other than getting killed? Will you add anything to it? Do you, if you have a gun, if, you, if you're armed in some way, obviously it's, a, it's very easy for a little old lady to intervene on behalf of somebody who's in, a, in dire straits. But it, it's one of those things where you're on a subway, you just got off from work, there's a guy with a knife, and it's just you and your briefcase. If you stay still and you just know the situation, you're getting home to your wife and your children. Even though you weren't able to be the Clark Kent turn Superman in the situation. It's a very, and then if you do do something, depending on where you are in the country and now at this point with how bad it's getting, the rest of the world, if you do stop somebody in the middle of, of uh, a, you know, I don't know, a maniacal tirade or something that he's co- causing a problem, you end up like Daniel Penny, you know, you get a uh, an indictment instead of a commendation. Daniel Penny should have gotten a commendation from the city. But he got an indictment instead. So it's really, it's something there. What are you willing to risk? So maybe a lot, maybe some of you guys had your own conversations about that. I have people tell me all the time, hey, you know, things you say, they really become conversation starters around the dinner table. So I'm sure some people were discussing that, even though we didn't pick it up on the show until just now that was wonderful though thank you so much and i'm glad it went well uh let me run through these super chats again and we're going to end the show with our badass thank you so much sean joe boys blanc jesse dark heart man a dark heart hemi says the collapse of civilization is like a black hole eventually we all get sucked in there are no safe places thank you robert sarns and river pike all right i think that we're good i think that we are all set 
So who's our badass? The last one for the week. Who do you think, Matt? Oh, Donald Trump. Could it be? Who knows? That's some badass shit. It's pretty badass. Well, let me tell you a little something about this man. His name is Don Beach. Don Beach. And I wanted to save this for a Friday night, officially in summer, because it's a little bit more of a chilled out badass for you. Bootlegger, cocktail inventor, and all-around enjoyer of the island life, let's raise a glass to Don Beach, the father of the tiki bar. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. What Now, this was a lot of this is uh, written by an account called LARPing Values on Twitter, and I loved it so much. I said, this guy, I want to talk about him. What is tiki? The Maori mythology, Tiki was the first man to arise and father a new world. Here, we'll talk about Don's Tiki culture, one of the coziest expressions of Pacific aesthetic. Let's get over there, actually. Hold on a second. Boom. And where's Matt? Put Matt in the corner. Okay, ready? Ernest Gant washed up onto the shores of New Orleans in 1907 and set his mind back onto the waves. In his 20s, he's he island hopped from Hawaii to Australia, working on yachts and occasionally rum running with his father. Can you imagine island hopping in like the Pacific Ocean in the early 20th century, running rum and just being in the sun on the sea? I mean, yeah, but I never would because, you know, of sharks. Well, you wouldn't be swimming there. It doesn't matter. There's sharks in the water. If the boat sinks, then, you know, you're in the water with the sharks. Sharks follow boats because of, you know. You're right. Well, anyway, bootlegging meant serious money during Prohibition. And once it ended, Gant had the means to turn on old speakeasy. To turn the old speakeasy into a dignified, if unorthodox, establishment. Don the Beachcomber. That's what he called it. Changing his own name to Don Beach, he became known as the purveyor of potent rum rhapsodies. That's right. The bar was decorated with palm fronds, rattan furniture, brightly colored fabrics, tropic flowers, and fiery torches for ambient lighting. Look at that. Isn't that nice? It is lovely and cozy. It looks like the 1980s, bro, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, now we know where it comes from. Don got busy working up a menu of exotic drinks using rum, fresh juices, and an assortment of unique ingredients found on his travels throughout the Pacific as he's just traveling the world, man. Even if alcohol was now legal, the law said that all drinks must come served with food. Don didn't sweat it. He rustling up a myriad of pan-Asian delights, including what is believed to have been the first poo-poo platter of meat and seafood appetizers. There he is, cutting some uh, coconuts. And then uh, he's about to go into the bathroom and make the poo-poo platter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Have some coconut water, and I'll go into the bathroom now and make the poo-poo platter. And there it is. There he crapped all into that, that <laughs> plate. That's his. That, that looks like it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> all those sticks came out of you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Eating wood? Don's vision. Don, you still eating wood? <laughs> <laughs> Don's vision was to create a place of escapism. Some might call it kitsch, but I think it was just a little island heaven, a haven for him and his friends to enjoy some Caribbean rhythms. An early motto for the bar was, if you can't get to paradise, I'll bring it to you. 
A few years later, Victor Bergeron visited and fell in love with the idea. He helped spread tiki culture across California, where many bars uh, recreated Don's original aesthetic, including his sensational drinks. Clifton South Seas was a hit, and it was Sherbert Gushing Volcano. Look at that. Look at that. That's nice. Does that say Clinton's? Clifton's. Oh, all right, then. People aren't going to get murdered there. I want a Sherbert Gushing Volcano. That's a... Damn, and, and that was all Don's? I don't know, bro. I mean, you know, usually they gush lava, bro. I wouldn't suggest drinking from it. Eh? Hollywood discovered Don and went wild. He had a heart of gold and accumulated made many famous friends, including Clark Gable, Marlene Dietrich, Howard Hughes, and Humphrey Bogart, to name a few. That's the, you know, so you know the original Rat Pack was there. David Niven even dropped a $100 bill into his tip jar when Don was on hard, hard times. Why was he on hard times? He had a drug problem, an alcohol problem. There he is with Walt Disney. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know who the hell I'm looking at anymore. All right. Following World War II, many Americans brought back a mythic interest in the Pacific with rise of the middle class in the 1950s, families had money for fun, resto entertainment outings, and interest in tiki bars soared. Hollywood would cash in with blockbuster movies like Blue Hawaii. There you go. Elvis Parsley. He, par- he was the best, Elvis Parsley. When did he change his name to Presley? Uh, when he got fat. You know, Hold on now, now, so no, watch out now. My Look new, out here now. My new name's Presley, because I'm just too fat. Because I don't really like eating parsley anymore. <laughs> I, you know, I ate <laughs> parsley my whole life. <laughs> Can't stand it. Uh, Don Olson. <laughs> that was a horrible uh, impression of. <laughs> I did a bad. I, that was a bad Elvis. I've never tried to do Elvis, and that was bad. Don also served and rose in the ra- uh, rose to the rank of lieutenant colonel. He earned a Purple Heart from a U-boat attack uh, on his ship and later a Bronze Star from his, uh, from his close friend, Lieutenant General Jimmy Doolittle. Oh. That Lieutenant Gen- General uh, Jimmy Doolittle. So yeah. They, yeah, sure. I've yeah. heard of yeah, Doolittle. Doolittle did his thing. Absolutely. Don said that he spent a lot of his downtime coming up with new drinks for his bar back home. One that stands out to me is Don's Three Dots and a Dash, named after the Morse code for victory. Three dots and a dash. I want. I, I, what is it? Hold on a second. So one part vermouth. Let's see. One part Three dots and a dash recipe. One third load. Ready? It's got four out of five. All right. Ingredients. Let's see here. Created during World War II by Donny Beach. The name is Morse code for victory. Garnish cleverly a representative of the Morse code. Three cherries are the dots, and the dash was traditionally at the Don Beachcombers, a rectangular chunk of pineapple. Okay. All right. So the three dots were t- dairies. The dash was a uh, pineapple. Let's see here. Um, one and a half cups of... Oh, th- so this makes one cocktail. We're talking about lime juice, orange juice, honey syrup. Um... John D. Taylor's Velvet Falnerum? Fal- Falernum. I don't know what that is. Sounds like some type of, of vermouth or something. I don't know. I don't know. St. Elizabeth Allspice Drum. 
Okay, so that we're talking about some liquor here. Liqueur. Ounces from rum, agricole, view. There's a lot in this. One dash of Angostura bitters. And yeah. then uh, maraschino cherries, and then the, the pineapple chunk. There's, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna try to make this this summer, or maybe this is the first thing I'll make them whenever we have the construction done at home, which is like being in a war zone. Can't hear myself think, but we knew it was gonna be like this. Uh, anyway, after the war, flights to Hawaii became popular and gave tiki lovers the chance to see the real thing. Don would eventually move into his house houseboat there, opening several bars, restaurants, and even a treehouse office built into a banyan tree. As the tides would come and go over the years, tiki bars fell out of fashion. However, there has been a resurgence in popular culture as well as especially tiki torches. Yeah, I have a few tiki torches in my backyard. They keep mosquitoes away. Yeah, there has been a resurgence in popular culture as people relive the nostalgia of simpler times. So there you go, Don Beach. He brought chill, he brought coziness, and he brought some uh, Pacific exotic nature to the world. Very exotic. That's all we have. Very erotic. He's gotten many people laid. All right, Matt. Any well wishes for everybody this weekend? God is Lord. God is Lord. We'll see you all soon. Thank you, guys. I'll probably be going live tomorrow night, probably around uh, 9.30 or so. You'll all get notifications, I'm sure. We'll have a we'll have a good time. I have a, plenty of things we can go to, including this really awesome Antarctica thread that I've been wanting to do for a long time about strange things witnessed in Antarctica. Was it a LARP? I don't know. I tend to hope not. But we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is served before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters. Thank you to all of my friends on the foxhole. We are about to release the scratching and kick you off into... The Roundup 76 videos are set for tonight's weekend roundup. And then we're going to have a good time. Quite frankly, TV will have all the best and most interesting clips from one of the craziest weeks in the history of humanity and so much more. Come and hang out with the Franklies and Franciscans for a weekend wrap-up like the likes of which have rarely been seen or experienced directly after this show concludes. Get to quitefrankly.tv. Thank you to all my super chatters, Katie Sky, American Girl, Maddie Nice, Father Matthew Barnum, Uber Viking, Frank's friend Matt, Thank you, guys. We will see you soon. Oh, there's one more here. Cohen Kokakakis says, how's there already a documentary about the the Titanic? I don't know. Anyway, hi, Matt. Fridays are extra fun when you're in studio. Thank you, Frank, for this awesome week so far. Thank you, Cohen. I'm sorry I saw this uh, so late. It got buried. You're the man. <laughs>